Hi. Hello. Welcome to Corkscrew Convos, another theme park podcast. My name is DJ. And my name is Chris. And we're here to talk about theme parks, roller coasters, barbecue, the theater, 2021 attractions, and everything else under the sun. In its time, but first, let's get through this disclaimer. The views, opinions, and information expressed during the following presentation are solely those of the individuals involved and do not represent organizations affiliated with those individuals. Perfect. Good evening, DJ. How are you feeling tonight? I'm feeling a bit stressed, Chris, uh, just a mm-hmm. little bit. We've begun the bathroom remodel in my house. Um, it's taken a bit longer than I thought it would, but you, you budget for those things with time and money. Um, but saving a bit of coin as well from what I was quoted from many different people. So I've uh, been excited, had some interesting things happen, maybe go wrong, but we try and work through it. And here we are. And now uh, it was, I believe, 65 degrees this morning. And now it's below 40 with 40 mile an hour wind gusts. Wow. Gotta love it. How about You've you? You've been sending me some pictures and it's oh, looked yeah. like... HGTV, but real life. It's really exciting. I, I'm really excited for you. It, it looks very scary a little bit. I think, I think I'll say that. It looks scary demoing everything. I think I can use that term because I've watched enough Property Brothers. You've been demoing the bathroom a lot, uh, doing the wood slats, a little bit of shiplap. You're working on it. Definitely working on it. Uh, getting all that old plaster and lath out. My house is nearly 100 years old. Um, so we bought it uh, a bit, you know, lower than what we wanted to spend, which was good, knowing that we'd have to put some uh, muscle into it. Um, but, you know, that way you're just paying less and it's what you want and you know you did it right. I don't have to worry about somebody doing something wrong. So the scary part's over because you never know what's, what's behind those walls until they're actually down and... It was all good things, all good things, and I think the house is going to be here for a long time. So today I finished basically all of the plumbing uh, by myself, so that was fun. Well, see, your house is a little like the Coney Island Cyclone or another really old wooden coaster, maybe even the Jackrabbit at Kennywood in Pittsburgh. Mm. Uh, It's really old, a lot of it's wood, and if you put the tender love and care into it, it's going to last for a long time. As they say, they don't build them like they used to. <laughs> yeah, they use less wood, I think. <laughs> <laughs> I actually did have to put a hole through my house to uh, build a new dryer vent, you know, to, to, to move the air out and put new venting in. And I think I spent, I have I don't know how long I spent, but I think I went through eight plus inches of wood in siding. <laughs> so wow. there's a lot of wood in the house. <laughs> That's wild. Maybe you can use some of that wood for a backyard coaster someday. Who knows? But DJ, you know, we always get a little bit out there at the beginning, but I think that's okay. It's a little bit of fun to talk about coupons at Aldi or barbecue or home renovations or things that are going on in our life as we're settling in. But you know, we always got to get back to what we're here to talk about. And you said at the top of the show, it's theme parks, roller coasters, barbecue, the theater, Funnel Cakes, 2021 Attractions, and everything else under the sun. I like that. Everything else under the sun. It doesn't really work if it's a cloudy day, but we'll pass that bridge when we get to it, or whatever that cliche is. Did Uh, you have any barbecue news at all? Anything new you've been trying? uh, Now you mention it, I did have a pretty big smoke planned for 
tomorrow. But unfortunately, the weather was not on my side. Uh, it's going to be pretty rainy all day. And yes, for an activity that requires you to be outside for pretty much all day, smoking is not good in the rain. Sounds like I you're mean, going to get the rain that I got this morning. Yeah, I guess it's on its way to me. So yep. thanks for that. Yep, thanks. But DJ, today we're going to be talking about only one thing as our main topic, and that's our rankings for 2021 attractions, things that are coming next year. But before we get to that, let's do this little thing where we talk about uh, people that have said nice things to us on the internet in the form of a review on Apple Podcasts. Does that work for you? That works for me. You know, these reviews are really the gift that keeps on giving. And with the holidays here, we're two days away from Christmas Day. Uh, this is just the present that we both need. Yes. So, if you will allow, I will read this one review that we received this week. Uh, it made me blush a little bit. It was very ah, kind. Okay. The title of this, it said, Not Just Another Theme Park Podcast. Five stars. Oh. Oh. Thank you very much. This is by... Uh, the name they gave was Bush's Best. Would you maybe know uh, who that is? Hi, Mr. Best. Uh, I can't say that I know. I have a pretty good idea of who it could be, but uh, you know, I, I keep things strictly confidential. Okay, well, shout out to Bush's Best, whoever you are. Uh, Mr. If Bush, you do... Mr. Bush's yeah. Best, hello. Yes, because you, you, you leave a review with five stars on Apple, you get a shout out. It's that simple. It's Absolutely. that simple. That's how you do it. So this is the review that they left. While DJ and Chris keep themselves humble, this isn't just another theme park podcast. Oh, thank you, oh. Bush's Best. They say the guys are great, and this has become one of my favorite podcasts related to the industry. Moreover, that's a word Ooh. that doesn't get used enough, moreover. Yeah. So very good, Bush's Best. They said, moreover, the content and delivery is so varied and entertaining that it's a great feel-good listen, whether you're in the mood for opinions on industry ongoings or just which coaster lumber would be best suited for a barbecue. Keep mm. it up. Non-treated oh. wood, remember. Uh, yeah, you got to be careful with the wood that you use for barbecues, but <laughs> we already I, gave that discussion in that other episode. I think I would disagree with the humbleness aspect, though, as we are literally reading reviews about ourselves out loud. Well, see, other people wrote it. it wasn't oh, that's, that's I mean, true. I mean, two of the reviews are us <laughs> that are on Apple. We can say that, but other people are putting the reviews in little by little. <laughs> it's getting They trickle there. in. They trickle in. Yeah. So, like we said earlier, you leave Thank a five-star review. Yes. You write that. You'll get a shout-out. It's a simple, quick transaction, and we love it. Mr. Bean, we're thinking of you. Yes. Thank you, Bush's Best. So, DJ, let's get into our main course for the evening. Corkscrew Convos, cleared for dispatch. Let's dive in. You could almost say the layout for this evening. Yeah, we're going to be talking about a lot of layouts because, of course, a lot of the new additions for 2021 are roller coasters, or some might even just say rollers. Uh, and that's what a, <laughs> that's a lot of the things that are oh. coming next year. And so we've ranked and sorted each of these additions that we found 
by our level of interest. And this is how we're interested in each of these attractions. And we'll say ahead of time, this is a relative scale. It is not determined purely by the statistics of whatever is being constructed or the budgets. I think it's safe to say that there is, though, a correlation, sometimes, not all the time, in how much is being spent on a project and how cool it is for us. There's just no getting around that, unfortunately. Or fortunately. Yeah, and I really appreciate uh, you, Chris, when we were talking about this. Yeah, I think a lot of these lists will go skewed towards the more intense things, you know, like Intamin's building something or RMC's building something. And yes, those are on the list. And yes, they are pretty high. But I yeah. think you've done a great job of when I would say something being like, okay, you know, that's great, but there's not much to it. Like it's it's only what it is what it is. And so we tried to take that into consideration here when we were ranking these. Um, and just remember that as we're going into you, you don't don't say, how could you not say that Coaster X is not the best because of its layout? Well, we're looking more than its layout. You know, this isn't a roller coaster database uh, hit list sort of thing or top tier list. Uh, this is a tier list based off of a variety of things. So keep that in mind. And if at any time you have a disagreement, of course, you can always go to our socials at Corkscrew Convos, Twitter, Instagram, and let us know what you think. Always plugging. This one is always plugging. <laughs> That's right. Always. What can I say? I was trained to do it. So we have four tiers that we have divided the attraction list for 2021 into. And that is wild cards. These are projects that maybe might not open for 2021 and or things that we don't know much about. So they are unranked. We don't really know much about them, so there's not a lot we can say about them. It was funny because you were asking me, uh, sorry to interrupt you, I, I was saying, oh, I don't know much about these, <laughs> these certain rides on here, and you're like, that's the point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, DJ, look at the title up there. This is wild cards. <laughs> Okay, the next tier we have is Minor Additions, and these are projects that really aren't going to be king at their new parks, but they still represent new growth in whatever function they have at their respective parks. Then we get to the next tier, which is Solid Additions, but middle of the pack. These are projects that will be a substantial new offering in their respective parks, and a lot of them are really great things. We see some new technologies, some proven technologies, and a few clones, but really solid additions. And then the top tier, this is stuff that's looking really good. It's stuff that's going to make a big difference. These are huge additions, new concepts, new top attractions at their respective parks, and they're great. And like we said before, some of them are grand Intamin coasters or great RMC designs, but they're not entirely like that. There are some, there is some variability in the list. So let's get into it. Let's go into our wild cards, DJ, as a sort of appetizer, I guess, as we get towards the larger and more substantial attractions that we do know more about. So DJ, first one, Give it to us, please. We have, in a very unknown spot, a park probably no one has ever heard of. Saying that sarcastically, although we can do a little bit of teaching here, we go to Ferrari World. Uh, mm -hmm. With Mission Ferrari, Ferrari World is a park in the United Arab Emirates. Uh, it is a very popular park for mainly one thing, I would say, and that's Formula Rosa. 
which is the world's fastest roller coaster on the planet. Uh, over 150 miles an hour. Not the tallest, but the fastest. You have to wear goggles to ride this ride as you're in the desert and going over <laughs> 150 miles an hour. Uh, but we have Mission Ferrari. This is, again, we don't know much about this, but what looks to be a special effects coaster. So uh, indoor-outdoor sections, some screen integration, uh, possibly a drop track where the track itself disconnects from the track that you traveled on previously and actually drops and connects to a new piece of track as well as a tilt track, very similar. Imagine the track being raised up from behind, holding at a 45 degree angle and dropping into a next section of track. Uh, two inversions as well, and five launches. So um, pretty special for a special effects coaster like this, especially with all these different elements. 45 miles an hour, almost 2,000 feet long. Uh, this thing's been in development for over six years now. Uh, imagine something like uh, Gringotts at uh, uh, Wizarding World of Harry Potter, diagonally. Universal Studios in Florida, uh, very similar to that ride. Yeah, it's going to be an SFX coaster, and I know I said with wild cards, these are things that we don't know a lot about. We do have the statistics and a lot of what this attraction is going to be, but we don't know if it's going to open for 2021, because as you said, it's been in a various states of construction since 2014. We have seen, we've had pictures of the outdoor portion of the coaster since 2017, at least, I think. So a lot of what they're working on now is the inside elements of the attraction, maybe the, the, the fancy track switches, all the launches. Maybe that's what they're working on now, and maybe we'll get to see, finally, a point-of-view video and maybe opening in 2021, but we can't say for sure. So Mission Ferrari is a wild card. Mission Ferrari is mission unknown at this point. Yeah. All right. The next one we have is going... We're going to Europe now. Movie Park Germany. They're opening a new roller coaster DJ, and it's called Movie Park Studios. That might be a confusing name for a roller coaster when people go to the park, and they say, is this a studio? Is this a dark ride? Oh, it's a coaster. Oh, but it has a dark ride section. At least that's what we think it's going to be. It's going to be an Intamin indoor launch coaster. There are going to be two launches, so a few less than a Mission Ferrari. There's going to be a turntable track switch. So, again, another track switch like with Mission Ferrari. I guess track switches are in. I guess they're fashionable now, DJ. It's going to have a top speed of 37 miles per hour, and it's going to be 1,745 feet long. So not a huge coaster, but it's going to be indoor, and it's going to ride through a lot of fictional movie sets. Now, whether these are iconic recreations or not, we don't know yet because we haven't seen hardly any pictures of what Movie Park Studios is going to look like as a new roller coaster. It sounds good, DJ, but we just don't know much about it yet. We don't know much about it. I, I know Intamin has done a few of these things. Um, I think there's even a log fl flume that does something similar to this turntable where you, you, you come into a se track section, you stop abruptly, and Unlike the drop track where the track drops or the tilt track where you're tilted up, the turntable track switch causes the train to actually spin on its own axis. So we were thinking maybe a backward section here perhaps or maybe just going forward on a different um, part of the track. Um, but anytime I hear launches and indoor ride, I always think there has to be some sort of explosion or something scary happening, some fire you're running away from. It's just bound to happen. It's just, it's just it, it, you know it's going to happen at this point. 
a lot of movies have had explosions, so I think it's very likely that that will be the case, DJ, where, oh no, there's an explosion, which is really just a, pro a projection on a smokescreen, and then we launch out. <laughs> it's been done before, but it's good. It's a convincing effect, and it will probably be a very nice attraction at Movie Park Germany. What do we have next, DJ? Next, we're going to the United States. We're jumping to Lagoon. This is a park in Utah, just outside of Salt Lake City, a park that I was uh, hopefully going to go to next year. We'll see what happens. Um, but this is another completely custom-built coaster by Lagoon. Uh, we say another because they have an existing coaster, Cannibal, that was... Uh, basically built by the park itself they claim that it was uh, uh, i know that there were some outside contractors involved and that sort of thing but uh, they kept all the des the design and building in-house from what we understand and they're very proud of that cannibal is i believe the steepest roller coaster in north america uh, it might be the steepest in the world i cannot remember uh shell razor okay so shell razor is beating it but this is over a 100 degree drop uh, it's also very tall uh, but right beside it, or close to it, we should say, we have a large mountain facade that uh, the park has built. Think of an Expedition Everest, a fake mountain, if you will. An amazing high steel structure. Looks just like a mountain, at least it should. Uh, but we're going to have a custom-built coaster inside of there. Definitely a dark ride section. Um, like we said, the title, primor Primordial? Pri no, I think it's Primordial. 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 Uh, probably some sort of prehistoric section, it sounds like, or theme, mm -hmm. I should say. Um, something otherworldly, even. Um, but definitely a dark ride section. Is there a track switch? Perhaps there is. Um, I believe I've seen a chain lift or some sort of wheel incline lift as well. So we've got some classic elements in there. So, uh, it's, it'll be interesting. You never know what a park that does their own thing will come up with. You know, you think of Intamin, you know, oh, they're probably going to do this, or Mock's going to do this, B&M's going to do something like this. Uh, we just really don't know at this point. And it might not right. open next year. That's, again, wild card. We're not sure. And I, I do have to mention the name Primordial. They, at Lagoon, have let that trademark lapse. So that probably isn't the name anymore. So it mm. might be uh, another name. We don't have it. That's one of the many reasons why this new coaster coming to Lagoon is a wild card. Now, the last wild card that we have is at Hong Kong Disneyland. It's going to be a roller coaster, DJ, and it's going to be named Wandering Oaken Sliding Sleighs. Say that ten times fast. It's going to be a new Disney roller coaster. It's probably going to be Vekoma by the look of it, and it's going to be for the park's Frozen Land expansion that they're going to be at least feasibly maybe opening next year. That mm. timeline is unknown because it's Hong Kong and it's the pandemic. There are many factors at work here that say that it might not be opening next year, unfortunately. Uh, but it is assumed to be, as a coaster at least, very similar in ride experience to the Seven Dwarves Mine Train at the Magic Kingdom at Walt Disney World Resort in Florida. For those that haven't been on that ride, uh, you know, imagine a sort of swinging car as you go around turns. It's kind of like you're swinging side to side. It's on a, it, it's basically on two points above you. It's it's attached to the train, and it's kind of like cradles you around some turns. Uh, this is interesting. I think that uh, it makes total sense uh, to just do more with Frozen. Um, mm -hmm. I I I didn't know Frozen was so popular in Hong Kong, so I find. 
um, that interesting. But it'll be fun to see when this ride opens exactly what it is. I'm sure it'll be fantastic. I, there's there's no doubt in my mind uh, about the theming and, and the ride experience. Um, and I believe you're probably right with Vacoma. It seems like Vacoma does everything for Disney pretty much when it comes to coasters. Not all the time, but uh, seems to be a preferred partner at least. Well, and we don't know this for sure, but it wouldn't surprise me if the actual coaster layout for Wandering Oak and Sliding Slays is a mirror image or just a clone uh, yeah. of the Seven Dwarves layout, just redressed for Frozen instead of Snow White. That wouldn't surprise me. I have no reason to believe that that will be the case other than what I suspect might happen. Now, that said, I believe Hong Kong's version of Big Thunder Mountain, you can't even call it that. It's just completely different. Is that true? Uh, I, I do believe it's a particularly different version. I'm trying to remember if Hong Kong has the Grizzly Gulch coaster or if it's in Tokyo that has launches, track switches as their Big Thunder Mountain railroad coaster instead of the very traditional coaster experience that we have in France, Orlando, and California as well. Um, if only we had the internet or something to look this up. <laughs> but we must move on to the minor editions. Yes, yeah, so <laughs> we've moved okay out. Is that okay with you, DJ? <laughs> Absolutely. We've, we've moved out of the unknown territory, and we have three tiers left. Typically, you could call this maybe the B tier, then the A tier, and then for those gamers out there, the S rank or the God tier, as it's so affectionately called in many circles. Okay, gamer vocabulary. New to corkscrew convos, but I like it. <laughs> I, maybe God, God tier is not uh, gaming vocab, but uh, I see a lot of tier lists. I love watching best fast food lists, that sort of thing. Uh, so can get fun. I will say, when it comes to the term God tier, I have used it before to describe the ranch dressing at Buffalo Wild Wings, mm. but I... I haven't really used it much except for that. Maybe their pizza wings are also god tier that they've introduced recently. Haven't tried them yet. Haven't had the pleasure. Well, we've now moved into the B list. These are these minor additions. Uh, projects that aren't going to be kings at their parks uh, might not even be in the royal family at all, but represent new growth, represent change, something to add. And for our beginning ride here in the bottom of this list, we're going to start over at Six Flags Discovery Kingdom with the Sidewinder Safari. That's a Zamperla spinning wild mouse. Uh, small speed, 29 miles an hour. Uh, very short, about 1,300 feet long, really 1,400 feet long. Um, this is the typical Zamperla spinning wild mouse. You're going to get uh, some fun corners, some fun laterals. Some good spins, perhaps, if you wait the car ride. So this is a ride where, and tell me if you're in the same ballpark as I am, Chris, um, might seem a bit tame from the outside, but get some friends together and you might have a nice ride on this. Yeah, with this sort of spinning wild mouse coaster, a lot of your ride experience depends on the weight distribution in the ride vehicle, which is going to be one car per train, and I think it's four people across in a sort of radial fashion, if that's the correct use of the word. I'm not sure it is, but that's what I'm going to use. And if you get the heavier people on one side and the lighter people on the other, that is really going to get you spinning. 
And a lot of what will determine how wild this ride is, is when they choose to unlock the spinning in the layout. Because it is a wild mouse, it has these hairpin, very tight turns on multiple levels on the track. There are some versions of this Zamperla spinning wild mouse model where maybe at Luna Park in Coney Island, the Tickler, which is a crazy name for a roller coaster, but I love it. And they unlock the spinning right after you crest the lift. And you're just spinning the whole time if you get that weight distribution really figured out. I'm hoping that they unlock the spinning relatively early on, on the Sidewinder Safari at Six Flags Discovery Kingdom because it's going to make it a good time. I say the more spins, the better. If it's a spinning coaster, let me spin, DJ. Let I, me spin. Sometimes you can tell, though, when they don't unlock that spinning and you have that first little you know section of the drops and the turns, you can kind of tell from your ride before that, oh, we've got this figured out now. You, you feel a little bit more on the side of the wall or pushing into your friend, perhaps, where you know, yeah, as soon as this thing unlocks, it's going to be absolutely wild. So while it is classified by us as a minor addition, it's going to be a solid ride. It's going to be a good time, and it's something if I do go to Six Flags Discovery Kingdom in Vallejo, California, I'm going to ride it. And something to also also remember, this could be a first ride for many, and this could maybe spark a love or an interest for the industry. So can't hate on the little rides all the time. And yeah, we do we not. need little rides. Absolutely. What's our next edition, Chris? Well, now we go on to the other side of the country, and that is King's Dominion of Doswell, Virginia. They are opening a few new things in 2021 that were originally scheduled for 2020, Things didn't necessarily go as planned, so a lot of these new attractions are being pushed to 2021. In most situations of things that are on this list, I will say, a lot of these things were originally planned for 2020. That is the case with Coconut Shores and Grain and Grill coming to King's Dominion next year. Now, Coconut Shores is going to be a new section of their Soak City water park that is included with admission to the park itself during the summer. There are going to be multiple elements to Coconut Shores, including a 45-foot-tall aquatic play structure, more than 200 interactive elements and slides on this structure where you can just get soaked and soak, soak everyone around you. There's going to be a miniature wave pool next to it with little splash creatures. I think they call them children. No, I'm kidding, <laughs> DJ. They're going to have little, like, interactive inflatable crab things that shoot water occasionally. And there is a little bit of rock work in the wave pool as well. So it, it looks nice. I've seen pictures of it personally. It does look like it's going to be a nice addition. Now, in addition to Coconut Shores, there's also going to be a new food and beverage area of the water park as well called Beach Street where there's going to be three food trucks that are selling various different kinds of foods. There's like a, a pizza food truck and a seafood food truck and a bowl creation food truck. And it's going to be like a food court atmosphere. There's going to be those little string lights hanging around everywhere. It's going to be pretty. What was the word for that kind of light, DJ? Uh, oh crap, that is called you a... You told it to me once. Um... Yep, it's not a stanchion. 
Festoon, that's what it is. Festoon, festoon. lighting. Thank you. There's going to be festoon lighting. It's going to be very festive. You really can't do anything 2010 and beyond without festoon lighting, it seems. Like. I will say people love seeing light bulbs with large filaments. People just yep, go, Edison they go crazy for it. And they should because it looks very sort of, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Maybe it looks... Vintage. Yes. Festive. Vintage. Festive. Festoon. I guess that's where they get the name it's of it. It's an environment that promotes um, talking with each other and... Maybe getting to know a stranger or reconnecting after a long long years away from each other. Or uh, maybe just opening a conversation that needs to be had with a family that hasn't happened before. Yeah, I'm thinking like... We're really deep there with many of if those. If I'm going stream of consciousness, let me say sidewalk cafe, <laughs> lobster nachos. Uh, I'm losing it. Okay, let's, let's move on. This is getting a little out there. They're also adding <laughs> a new restaurant to King's Dominion on International Street. It is replacing where they previously had Panda Express. They're now opening a new restaurant that is park-managed, park-operated, called Grain and Grill. This is going to be a new concept restaurant that focuses on bowls. B-O-W-L-S. Bowls. And if you think something like Chipotle or Cava, if you have that wherever you are... It's, it's that sort of thing where you pick a grain, be it quinoa or rice or whatever else, and you pick all the fixins and you create this option that is, it, they're using unique flavors and they're combining them. And it's going to be very, excuse me, it's going to be very interesting to partake when people do get the chance to in 2021. And that's going to be right at the front of the park. It's probably going to be very popular. <laughs> it is included with the dining plan, so it will for sure be very popular. And I'm looking forward to it if I if I do get the chance to visit it in 2021. That is Grain and Grill, and then Coconut Shore is coming to King's Dominion next year. And now we can jump over to the completely opposite side of the country. We'll go to the West Coast, close to the West Coast, with Knott's Berry Farm uh, over in California. We're talking about Knott's Berry Tails, not bear e tails. That's right. A new dressing of their Triotech Dark Ride replacing 2015's Voyage to the Iron Reef ride. Now, Chris, I have not been to Knott's Berry Farm, so I have not been on this ride, nor do I know much about it. But from what I understand, it's going to be utilizing a lot of themes from Knott's history. Is that correct? Yes, Knott's Berry Farm used to have a dark ride called Knott's Berry Tales which had various bears singing and dancing, I think. It might remind some of the Disney fans of a type of animatronic show at various Disney parks around the world, but this is what they had at Knott's Berry Farm for a while in the past. That dark ride has since gone the way of the dodo, and they're reviving the theme of it, and they're bringing back the name but this time, they are redressing an existing, relatively new dark ride, uh, which was a shooting interactive dark ride that opened in 2015. You said it, it's Voyage to the Iron Reef. Um, you get these large blasters, and you go and you shoot at a screen. It's usually large screens that uh, are synchronized with your motion as well. It is 3D, or at least it was when it was Voyage to the Iron Reef. I will say... At Knott's Berry Farm, 
when I visited, and I've been to Knott's plenty, Voyage to the Iron Reef was my biggest surprise. I was not going in with very high expectations, but I loved it. And I'm not someone who is necessarily an, uh, an ace at video games. Minecraft and Planet Coaster are pretty much as difficult as I go. I tried to play Knack once and it just didn't work. <laughs> but Voyage <laughs> to the Iron Reef, there were just little little things that you could find on the screen. And if you pointed your blaster at it, uh, you'd get bonus points. It was a lot of elements of discovery, a lot of rewritability. And I loved Voyage to the Iron Reef. Now that they're redressing it with this Knott's Berry Tales legacy theme, I think it's going to be even more popular for guests that have grown up around Knott's Berry Farm in Buena Park, California. And I think it's going to be a great attraction to really complement what Knott's Berry Farm has. My one question, though, is the name Knott's Berry Tales. I'm trying to figure out if they're playing on the name... Fairy tales or berry, as in berry farm, or both. That's what I'm trying to figure out. Could be a variety of things. I just like that they're keeping it with the history of the park, if I can just say briefly. I mean, one thing I don't like about dark rides necessarily, uh, especially in some of these bigger parks, is you can tell they're just like a cut and copy paste sort of thing. Um, they normally have just a, a theme that might be somewhat related to the park but a lot of the times it's just like oh yep this is this ride with this specific theme so i do like that they're tying it back to the, to some history here with Knott's Berry farm and and who knows could be some more things to do with the park's history like you said we just won't know until it's open or until we have more information but good information on it nonetheless and that actually brings us yes a students we're in the a tier solid middle of the pack Middle of the pack when you have an S tier, I should say. <laughs> yes. These are projects that will be a substantial new offering in their respective parks when they open, and they include a lot of really great things. Sometimes it's new technologies, sometimes it's things we've seen before, but all in all, a very solid middle of the pack addition. So DJ, would you please start us out? This is one thing that uh, I think some of the coaster buffs hated to see, um, but we know it will be still a great experience, and it does have its place. That's the Dragon Slayer, or I should say just Dragon Slayer, at Adventureland. This is an SNS 40 free spin coaster, uh, replacing a very famous coaster at Adventureland, Dragon. Uh, famous as in how old it is, the history around the ride. Um, sometimes you'll find that you can't mess with some things in the coaster community. Uh, but in this case, it should be a great ride uh, to at least harken back to the original Dragon. I uh, love the name Dragon Slayer <laughs> as well. Um, this is not a particular long ride. It's only about 1,000 feet because it's a specific type of experience. Uh, if you're around the computer, if you're by your phone, uh, look up an SNS40 free spin coaster, SNS40, whatever you want. Uh, you'll probably see what we're talking about. This is a ride that has two riders on either side of the coaster track, uh, and then as it navigates through the track, as you're riding on the side of it, uh, the car itself goes underneath you, if that makes sense. So you go from a traditional sit-down experience to more of a suspended experience. Uh, but what's different about this compared to a traditional 40 coaster with the free spin terminology here, the cars themselves that you're riding on are weighted and they spin back and forth. So you could potentially flip yourself over three to six times. Kind of depends on your weight, how it's differentiated 
around the car itself with who you're riding with, and then as well as the park's preference, as in they can either install uh, different magnetics on the ride to induce more spinning or reduce spinning to make a more tamer experience. I think the more intense version is over in Fuji-Q Highland in Japan, where you have a ride that's just unbelievable in the amount of spins that it does. Uh, we don't know uh, what this ride will do as far as spinning is concerned, but Imagine three to six times. Yeah, it's it's definitely something that we've seen before, but it seems like a really solid ride. Hence, it's in the solid tier. It's uh, it's gonna flip people, and it's a 4D coaster. I remember when 4D coasters were the mythical beast that only few had conquered. There was the one in California in the form of mm-hmm. X2. And then we got the Intamin Zack Spins, which were like the earlier generation of this ride experience that SNS now offers. And there were mixed reviews to that kind of coaster, but then SNS came out with it, and Six Flags bought it and loved it, and they put it at a lot of their parks. And we have seen a lot of 4D coasters around the world and around the country. So I personally am a fan. I haven't had the chance to ride one of these coasters yet. But they look good. They look solid. They'll definitely be a great ride. And one last thing to note on this, although I've not experienced it, people that ride the SNS 40 free spins, they always tell me how comfortable of a ride they are. So uh, maybe that's their bias, but uh, hopefully I'll be able to experience one here soon. I think they have vest restraints, pretty similar to the newest generation of the B&M over-the-shoulder restraint, where it is a sort of vest that hugs your torso. I could be wrong, but I think that's what it is, and that would really contribute to a very comfortable ride experience, I do think so. What we have next is at Universal Studios Hollywood, that is in Hollywood, California, they are opening a new dark ride called The Secret Life of Pets Off the Leash. Now, this is a dark ride, and it's a universal dark ride, so a lot of people might be thinking... Oh, is it going to be a lot of screens? Am I just going to sit in front of a screen and jiggle? (laughs) And some Universal Dark Rides are like that. But from what we've seen that Universal has released for The Secret Life of Pets, Off the Leash, or Slop OTL, if we wanted to abbreviate that. I don't know if that'll catch on, but we'll see. Um, It's a dark (laughs) ride with a lot of physical sets. The pictures that they have released, there's. it looks like the New York City alleyways and streets, and you're driving through these, uh, these scenes in your dark ride vehicle. I will note, though, it is only two people per vehicle, and it's not an omni-mover, at least by the look of it, so that might... That might bring up some capacity problems or supervising children problems, just in my experience. Um, A lot of dark rides are situated so that you can have your children within arm's reach so you can make sure that they're remaining in a a safe and manageable ride position. Um, If it's one adult and one kid per ride vehicle, that would potentially give me pause, especially for a new dark ride opening in 2021. But, you know, you gotta trust Universal and their design. What do I know? I'm just a podcaster and a (laughs) soon-to-be unemployed person. But that's a different story. And a different story brings us to a different park over in the eastern part of the world. We're talking about Motion Gate with two new rides, John Wick Open Contract, and Now You See Me 
high roller. Yes. Two coasters, both using a colon. Two coasters using a different uh, descriptive, some sentence to describe more about what the experience is. But we have both an SNS 40 free spin coaster with John Wick and a Mauer custom spinning roller coaster with Now You See Me High Roller. Which, to be honest with you, Chris, didn't know Now You See Me was that popular. <laughs> Even popular enough to have its own roller coaster theme. Well, you mentioned it with MotionGate. These coasters weren't originally commissioned to be built for MotionGate in Dubai. They were originally ordered by the Six Flags Dubai project, which has since been canceled. Mm, did not know that. Didn't know they had anything commissioned. That's yeah, so it would make sense that maybe these two coasters fell into their lap and they said, well, we have to add them. They came at such a very affordable price because Six Flags was looking to unload them at any price. What properties do we have for MotionGate that we haven't used yet? Oh, John Wick? That sounds like a very popular action movie. I personally have never seen it, but I know a lot of people that are fans, and I do quote it, even though I've never seen it. And now <laughs> you see me. Yeah, it's a magic thing. It's got Jesse Eisenberg and the guy from The Hunger Games, but... It's a, it's a spinning coaster, and I have already established that I am a fan of spinning coasters, so it's going to be good. It's going to be solid. And as far as spinning coasters go, outside of mock rides, I feel like Mauer does some pretty uh, interesting designs with their spinning coasters, so I, I think they're both pretty solid. And I love that the uh, John Wick coaster is the 40 free spin, which is, you know, just like Dragon Slayer, a bit of a different layout probably, um, but flipping up and down... Uh, makes sense for that movie as well as spinning around in the round now you see me now you don't sort yeah. of thing so that makes sense i just really hope that when the ride vehicles for john wick open contract return to the station that they play a little bit of audio from john wick where he says i'm thinking i'm back or they say a version... <laughs> I hope it's audio from Cyberpunk with Keanu Reeves having to put his name on that terrible game. Ooh, I haven't played it yet, DJ. Have you? I know you were interested in it. I was interested in every single review, website, magazine, says don't do it. <laughs> At least not for the foreseeable future until they work out those bugs. Yep. So I can't say that but we'll get... That's video games. Yeah, I can't say that we'll get a Cyberpunk 2077 land anytime soon. But who knows? The future <laughs> oh, no. is unwritten. That is why it is called the present right or something like that. Very, very pensive of you. The next project that we have is coming to Luna Park. And no, this is not the Luna Park that's part of Coney Island. It is not the Luna Park that's in Beirut, I think. And it's also, it's the Luna Park mm. that is in Melbourne, Australia. We've briefly covered this on an earlier episode of Corkscrew Convos. They are really giving the park a facelift. They're removing a ton of rides. They're adding newer rides. And the biggest thing that's going to be opening towards the end of next year is going to be a roller coaster called Big Dipper. And that is going to be a single rail coaster, but it's not from RMC, which is... The company that has previously given us every single rail coaster out there, it's going to be from Intamin, the Swiss firm, and it's also going to be launched, which is something that we haven't seen yet for a single rail coaster. So that will be a little bit of new, unproven technology, at least for the single rail configuration. But that's not all that the Luna Park is adding for this coming year. 
They're also adding another roller coaster that's going to be a mirror image clone of Rewind Racers that is at Adventure City in Buena Park, California as well. So it's uh, really going to change what Luna Park has to offer. They used to have older rides, of course, and now they're pretty much opening up most of a new park over the course of 2021, and I really look forward to seeing pictures of it. And speaking of single rail coasters, we actually have a new single rail coming to the United States. Uh, maybe not new per se, but this is the RMC Rocky Mountain Construction Raptor clone known as Stump Pilot coming to Silverwood on the northern tip of Idaho. Uh, just like the other ones, 113 feet tall, 52 miles an hour, great 90 degree drop, uh, almost 2,000 feet long, 52 miles per hour. Um, that being said, the ride itself, I've heard is extremely intense. Now, I've not done one. I'm hoping to experience one of these come next month. Uh, we'll see if that still pans out. Um, but what's really great about this is I feel like of the existing RMC Raptors we have, uh, Wonder Woman and Rail Blazer um, in the United States, Stump Pilot seems to make sense as it's using this flying theme from the park's history. The park used to be an airport, believe it or not. The landing strip is still there. And for a while, they actually used to have live airplane stunt shows in the park itself. Um, I actually have been to this park, believe it or not. I sometimes can't believe I've been to this park. It's just so out of the way from where I'm at and somewhat difficult to get to. Um, but the park itself is very lovely. This is going to fit in very well with the rides they already have. Uh, and like I said, it's a very intense experience from what I've heard. So we know RMC does great things. And even more of a fun fact, they're about 20 minutes down the road from Silverwood. Yeah, so they're just going to have to put the coaster track segments in the back of a pickup truck and then drive it over to Silverwood. Yeah, you. I also wonder if maybe it'll get built quicker than the others. That would be interesting. Well, it's interesting to note that at least with B&M coasters like Orion, which just opened at Kings Island this year, they were able to fabricate the track pretty different from how other B&M coasters track is fabricated. With Orion, and I'm not sure if we've covered this in the show, they were able to fabricate the track in longer sections, which made for faster and more convenient construction. And it also meant like they, they were able to do this because the track fabrication plant for B&M is in southwest Ohio, and that's very close to Kings Island. And so it's relatively easy to transport larger track sections this short distance than if they were to have to go around the world, which is pretty much what every other B&M coaster has to do. So I wonder if they'll be able to take advantage of that when they're fabricating the track, or if it's already this layout that they have already crunched the formulas on for this length of track segment and this length of track segment and so on, if they'll just continue with that. Uh, it'll be interesting to see, but I don't think anyone would ever complain about a Raptor clone, this single rail coaster, coming to their park. They look like amazing rides, incredibly intense, and it's a very solid addition. I think you're completely right, but looking at this next entry we're going to talk about maybe some complaints i still think it's a good thing uh icebreaker at SeaWorld orlando can you tell us a little about a little bit about that chris well this is going to be a premier rides launch coaster and it's going to use the impulse launch 
process that we talked about one episode ago, I think, where we talked about a brief history of the launch coaster. Yes. And yep. it's a, a relatively small, sort of a bridge coaster, as we've mentioned in our Cedar Point Planet Park episode. It's a coaster that's not a kiddie coaster, but it's also not huge either. It's going to be Icebreaker coming to SeaWorld Orlando. They're going to dispatch. They're going to have a track switch that's going to put them on the launch segment. They're going to launch forward, lose power, fall backwards, launch backwards, go up to a 100 degree spike that's beyond vertical. So it even looks like the beginnings of a loop on when they go backwards. And then it'll go yes, backwards too. Mm-hmm. They're going to go forward then. They'll have enough power, and they'll continue through the 1,900 feet of track. So it's not a huge coaster, but like we said, it's a bridge coaster. It's going to be 52 miles per hour, these multiple launches, and it looks like a solid addition for a park to add if they're looking to add a coaster that can be someone's first quote-unquote big coaster. Now, whether it'll have the capacity to keep up for the demands of Orlando, Florida, we will see. It probably get long lines in Orlando because it is uh, such a small coaster with a, a large potential ridership of people, but it looks, again, like a solid addition. Hence why it's in the solid edition tier. And on a related note, at a SeaWorld park a bit further away over in Australia is Leviathan. This is a custom gravity group coaster constructed by Martin and Vlemings. 50 miles an hour, 105 feet tall. Uh, Getting longer on the length of the coasters here now, 3,281 feet long. A very twisted layout from Gravity Group. Uh, And also, the last car on each train will run backwards, uh, reminiscent of the... uh, nearby Gold Coast Park that has the DC Rivals Hypercoaster where that back car is facing backwards as well. Yes, and the same with Swarm at Thorpe Park. The last car in the train is going to be backwards. I think that's going to be very popular. And I have been following Leviathan's construction closely. Even though it's on the other side of the world from me, it looks like it's going to be a really good wooden coaster. And I'm not sure if Australia has a wooden coaster already. I think this might be the first, it's definitely going to be the best, wooden coaster coming to Australia next year. I thought there was a scenic railway in Australia. Could be. I think this will be better. (laughs) That's true. That's true. This is definitely the most modern wooden coaster we've seen in Australia. We can definitely say that. Uh, We know with most of these coasters, it's a great experience. Uh, And I find it interesting that they are building a wooden roller coaster after SeaWorld Antonio just built, San Antonio built a wooden roller coaster. So I wonder if there were some similar conversations there. Yeah. Now, we should mention this SeaWorld park that is in Australia. SeaWorld is two words, whereas in SeaWorld Parks and Entertainment in North America, that is one word. Um... They're not related, (laughs) even if they're both aquatic marine life parks with coasters and other rides, not quite related. Yeah, so maybe not a conversation there, but uh, maybe we can think of some uh, friendly competition there, perhaps. Who is the best aquatic-themed park? We shall see. What do we got next, DJ? SeaWorld or SeaWorld? We're going to Gronelund. This is a roller coaster that we've talked about in the past, really got me excited. Um... 
for what it is, I don't think we can put in an S tier. It's definitely in the top A. We're moving into A-plus territory, I would say, and you might agree with me on that, Chris. Maybe not, but uh, this is a custom B&M inverted coaster. We've talked about it before. 56 miles an hour, over 2,200 feet long, so fairly short for a ride that not only goes this fast, but um, is also this compact from from B&M. It is a compact coaster, but most of their rides are not compact. Um, so it's interesting to see that Gronalun going with this manufacturer. 112 feet tall, they managed to pack in two zero-g rolls, a junior Immelman, which is kind of like an overbank turn, but closer to upside down, and also a flat spin, which is a very specific type of corkscrew. Um, this is going to be a very tight fit between their existing structures on this pier in Stockholm, using very unique tree-like supports. You don't see much of uh, B&M doing anything like this, so that makes it a little more interesting, too. And you actually start from what it looks like underneath the pier, and then you climb above it and end up underneath it once again. Uh, the thing I'm most curious about, Chris, is how loud this ride's going to be. B&Ms are always considered loud coasters. I know with some of them, they fill them with sand to prevent some of that noise, so wonder how loud indeed it will be. I think we can confirm that they will be using the sand method because I think on some of the pictures that we've seen of construction in Gronalund, on these tree-like supports, they have holes where they can assemble the support structure and then pour in sand. I'm not sure uh, if that's the process. I, I'm, not, I'm not sure if I'm misinterpreting what I'm seeing with these construction pictures, but... I do think that they are going to dampen the sound by any means necessary uh, because of how close this coaster is going to be to the rest of the entire park. Yes, lots of safety fences, safety barriers going up. Um, it's going to be pretty wild. This is definitely on the bucket list for me now. The Gronalund is always a place I wanted to go, but they just keep adding great additions. Definitely. Well, the next thing that we have is back in the old U.S. of A., that is Legoland, California. They're opening an entire new section of their park, which was already relatively large. And this is Lego Movie World. This is something that they have already installed at Legoland, Florida in Winter Haven. Uh, it's multiple new attractions, including a flying theater that is Lego-themed, so that seems like it's going to be a good time. A miniature drop tower, a playground structure, a carousel, of course, and a meet-and-greet space for all of the Lego property characters that they have at Legoland. Uh, this is taking the place of Heart Lake City, which I think was their... It was one of their offerings uh, that they had... I'm trying to think back to when I visited Legoland, California. I think they had already started to close different parts of Heart Lake City, um, and it was a lot of it was just walkthrough attractions or stores. So this will definitely be a net gain for Legoland, California. I'm really looking forward to seeing what the flying theater is like, and the little rides will be good for the little ones. And it'll, it seems like it's going to be a very nice addition for Legoland, California, even if we've already seen it happen at other Legoland parks. It's going to be a good time. Just have to say I'm excited for any meet-and-greet opportunity uh, for me to meet Lego Batman someday. <laughs> I'm not sure if they're going to have that meet and greet in particular. Oh. Uh, but we will see. It's it's going to be good. 
We now jump over to Epcot in Florida at Disney World to talk about two attractions, one being Remy's Ratatouille Adventure. This is a trackless dark ride clone of the similar named ride in Disneyland Paris. Three mouse cars per pod, if that makes sense. A pod of mice, you could say. School of mice, perhaps. Uh, these cars will be able to spin and bounce, just like a real mouse, and also tilt to match the screen motion that you're seeing uh, in front of you. I've seen this ride being under construction, uh, it's kind of crazy to believe that that was all the way back in, wow, 2018, I think. I think is when I saw that. And so to see that this is coming to fruition now, very exciting. Yes, this is something, this is a dark ride that has existed previously at Disneyland Paris. I'm not sure if it was in the Castle Park in Paris or the Studios Park. I think it was the Studios Park and it tied in with a new restaurant that opened there. So it's technology that we've seen before. It's a trackless dark ride. Those are always very exciting, or at least usually very exciting. Uh, a lot of different surprises and variability that you can throw into that ride system. And it's going to be a solid addition for a park like Epcot. Another high-capacity, reliable attraction is always what the doctor ordered. Yeah, 100%. I think this is also a property that has been underutilized, frankly, by Disney. Um, I'm always surprised at the properties they do utilize as far as movies or or something popular Toy Story. in the mainstream right now. More Toy Story. Yay. <laughs> Toy Story, Guardians of the Galaxy. And so to see Ratatouille, a movie that I really liked, um, get some more attention. Gotta love it. And that's just my personal bias. Right, and you mentioned Ratatouille being an underutilized property. One could say that Ratatouille, this Pixar film, was so underutilized that the internet took it upon themselves to create a yes. Ratatouille musical through TikTok and YouTube and other platforms. People have just created concept songs about different parts of this mythical musical, which Disney had no part in creating, so they have no ownership <laughs> of this artist's work that people have been putting forth for a Ratatouille musical. There are videos of people designing costumes of this mythical show, and it actually is being assembled into a sort of a performance on New Year's Day as part of a fundraiser for a lot of out-of-work actors and other people in the theater industry. If you're interested in watching the live stream of the performance, I would just say, Go to your favorite search engine and look up Ratatouille Musical January 1st, and that'll take you to the options of watching this performance that is a fundraiser, um, but it also seems like it's going to be very entertaining. Yes, Gen Z strikes again. <laughs> Gotta love it. Yeah, undefeated Gen Z. Well, as you mentioned, that's not the only thing coming to Epcot in 2021, they're also getting a new nighttime spectacular over their huge lagoon that is in the center of Epcot. They retired the longtime show Illuminations, Reflections of Earth that I never got the chance to see, and I'm a little sad about that, but they're introducing a lot of substantial infrastructure that's going to be part of Harmonious. That's the name of the show. It was originally stylized as Harmony Us, with the U.S. at the end being uppercase and the rest of it's lowercase. They have since moved away from that, for better or for worse. Mm. <laughs> but 
it's a, a show that we don't have an opening yet because there aren't really very many nighttime spectacular shows happening, period, right now. And we don't know when that'll change. I mean, when people are able to, in some form, stand and watch a nighttime show around other people, that's when we're probably going to see Harmonious. But this is a show that, as I mentioned with Infrastructure, they're installing at least four of these enormous barges that are going to be anchored in the center of the lagoon at Epcot. Some people have been mentioning that it blocks some of the sight lines from across the lagoon. And yes, that does happen. People no longer will be able to stand by Spaceship Earth and then look and see the American Adventure and the other buildings on the other side of Epcot, but uh, it's going to be a huge fountain when all of the barges are installed during the day. So they're going to use water screens and, and water pumps to hide the uh, large black mechanical barges that will be uh, permanently anchored at the center of the lagoon. I'm optimistic about what Harmonious is going to be like because Happily Ever After, the new nighttime show that was added in 2017, I think it was, at the Magic Kingdom, that was a home run. People love that show. And well, some other shows have been maybe less well-received at Disney um, as they have been refreshing the nighttime spectacular entertainment. But the new Fantasmic at Disneyland was another home run that debuted in 2017. So... While there is a mixed track record for how these new enormous shows are received at Disney parks, I'm optimistic because Illuminations, I heard that people loved it. Again, I never got to see it, but it, it seems like the bones are there for an amazing experience. What if I told you I've never seen a single nighttime Disney experience? Uh, it wouldn't surprise me because I know that it can be pretty difficult to figure out how to experience a nighttime show at Disney. On the West Coast especially, if you're not planted maybe an hour or even more ahead of time, you're not going to get a good view in front of the castle. Uh, and the same with Fantasmic as well. Um, I, I know it's similar in the Walt Disney World, but it can be pretty difficult to get everything together and be able to really truly experience these nighttime shows just as someone who's not very familiar with the Disney parks. I think I've seen the Magic Kingdom show from afar at least four or five times, but have never been in the park when it happened. Maybe that'll change in the future because I would say that Happily Ever After is a very good show. I also have only seen it from afar. I think I was... Uh, briefly at the Polynesian Resort and watching it from their beach. And it was still a very nice show. They had the music there and we could see the castle from far. It was a good time. Well, we shall put Disney experiences on the back burner, at least for now, as we move a little bit further away to SeaWorld San Diego to talk about Emperor. This is a custom B&M floorless dive coaster. Uh, we're talking about the third generation here. So we've, we've seen this coaster type done many times many different ways it seems like it almost seems as though every time you do see it it something's new about it uh, this time we've got vest restraints um, but we also have a roll corkscrew 
and Immelman, and I believe this might be the only dive coaster to do a corkscrew. Is that true? Well, it depends on what you want to call other inversions on other dive coasters. You look at something like Valraven or Baron 1898, they have rolls that are pretty pronounced and someone who's maybe not terribly familiar with inversions might call their rolls corkscrews because that is a type of roll, but I don't know, it's hard to say. If if I hadn't been told for Val Raven at Cedar Point that their last inversion was a zero-G roll, I might just call it a corkscrew because both have sim similar profiles, similar experiences, and I, I guess the answer to your question is it's complicated. Well, that makes sense, and I think too you might want to we might want to differentiate that these are B and M dive coasters we're talking about. There are other manufacturers that do quote unquote dive coasters, but that's the similarity here. Yes, it'll be 153 feet tall, so similar to Kraken or Kraka in uh, a park in Germany. It's not going to be a huge dive coaster. It's not going to break the 200 foot barrier but that's okay because it's going to be it's going to still have these three inversions it's going to have these comfortable vest restraints that really give you a lot of freedom of motion it's going to be 60 miles per hour a vertical drop there's nothing like it except maybe a beyond vertical drop and it's going to be 2411 feet long it's going to be a short coaster but it's going to do a lot with the length that it does have and folks love to take videos of these things. <laughs> yeah, uh, if there's one thing I'll say about dive coasters, they are people pleasers. Because people just look at that vertical drop, they look at those wide trains, and they say, my goodness, what a coaster. <laughs> people love them. They definitely do. Do we want to jump back into the Disneyscape here for a moment? Well, yes, I think we should do one more attraction in this solid tier before we jump to the top tier of attractions. Closing the A tier, absolutely. And this is at Disney California Adventure as part of the Disneyland Resort in California. They were supposed to be opening a new section of this park in 2020, in July, but of course that did not happen this year. So it'll probably be happening next year in 2021. This is Avengers Campus the extension of the Marvel Cinematic Universe into the Disney parks that we have been waiting for since Marvel has been, had been absorbed by Disney. We were all thinking, yes. what is this going to mean for the Disney parks? Of course, in Walt Disney World, they have many more restrictions on what they can do with Marvel attractions and Marvel branding in the parks. In California, they're west of the Mississippi, so they have a little bit more freedom with what they can create as part of Avengers Campus. And they are adding hmm. a Spider-Man Dark Ride. And I know what you're thinking. We already have a Spider-Man Dark Ride at Islands of Adventure. <laughs> it's already one of the greatest Dark Rides ever built. And it still is, even though it opened originally in 1999. Well, now we get another one. And the comparisons are going to be inevitable. Even though, from what we've been able to determine for this Spider-Man Dark Ride... It's going to be a very different experience. People are going to be in these pods that have maybe a roof and then a cutout window in front of the riders. And this might be a pod that climbs walls and has different 
interactivity. It might take a little bit from, you look at the Ninjago rides at the Legoland parks where you have gesture-based controls determining the what you interact with in the rest of the ride. Maybe you are making the Spider-Man I love you sign language signal and you're shooting webs in the <laughs> it's I love you in sign language but it's the it the is. web shooting hand gesture um that has become synonymous with Spider-Man of course and so there's a lot we don't know about it because Disney can keep all the secrets they want and they just release information little by little about what this dark ride will be like um it looks like it's going to be good, but it will, from day one, be compared to the Incredible Spider-Man ride at Islands of Adventure. Yes, and if you want kind of a spoiler for this ride, I recommend watching the last episode oh, of the Imagineers documentary series. I haven't gotten around to it yet, DJ. I'm trying, but... <laughs> um, that's all i'll say i don't want to spoil it anymore but when they revealed something about this ride my jaw dropped okay well i guess i'm gonna have to watch it now but and they didn't say it was for this ride specifically but when you see what they show you'll be like yeah uh yeah that's exactly what that's for well in addition to the spider-man dark ride which has been they are utilizing the existing building the show building that was from if it's tough to be a bug because avengers campus is being built on the land that was once occupied by a bug's land which was one of the first new additions to disney california adventure in 2003 i think there was a real need when they opened the park they said we need something that small children can do for this park and we need more rides period so they put together a bug's land and they used a little bit of the uh, parking lot around Disney California Adventure. They added in a few spinning little flat rides. They added in bumper cars and they created a bug's land that closed on Labor Day of 2018. We've had construction ever since for Avengers Campus and, uh, it's going to be opening in 2021 if everything goes as to the new plans. Uh, in addition to the Spider-Man Dark Ride, there is also going to be a sort of special effects, effects slash stunt show that's themed to Doctor Strange. We, again, don't know a lot about it yet. But there's also going to be an Ant-Man microbrewery and restaurant, which I think is going to make for some pretty Instagrammable moments when people get their novelty foods that are either really big or really small. <laughs> you know, now that I think about it, hey. with that Ant-Man restaurant, maybe that's just an excuse for them to serve you a very tiny hamburger for $16. <laughs> that's just my idea. If they want to take it and run with it, I will require some royalties, Disney. But that is what we're getting for Avengers Campus. There's one thing that I haven't mentioned yet that they have released okay. some information about. And that will be, uh, it's not a performer. It's an animatronic that's going to be part of Avengers Campus. But it's going to be a swinging Spider-Man figure that's going to be just swinging around the building and maybe doing jumps and tumbles and other things. It looks incredible from what we've seen so far, 
and uh, hopefully it'll really add some needed kinetic energy to the entrance of Avengers Campus when it opens. Well, exciting stuff. As someone who's not uh, on the Avengers hype, they are decent movies. Uh, just, you know, not my thing as of yet. Maybe I'll get enjoy them more, perhaps, after watching them for a few times. I think this is a great segue, though, from the A Avengers tier <laughs> to the S tier, the God tier. This is the stuff that's really looking good. The stuff that's going to make a big difference. These are huge additions, new concepts. New top attractions, or maybe the top attraction at their respective park. These next additions that we're going to mention, I really like them. So let's get right into it. Six Flags Great Adventure. DJ, what are they adding? They're adding the first custom RMC Raptor, Jersey Devil. Now, when we say first custom, we mean this is the first Raptor outside of the Raptor clones we've been talking about. Wonder Woman, Railblazer, uh, Stunt Pilot. This is the first ever custom layout. Not to say that a park could not copy this, I suppose, um, but it is a single rail coaster, 130 feet tall at 58 miles an hour, um, an 87 degrees drop, which is interesting, so not 90 degree like the other Raptor clones, um, but 3,000 feet long, so substantially longer. We've got a dive loop, a zero-G stall, and a zero-G roll, all themed to the Jersey Devil, which is one of my very favorite urban legends of all time. What is that? Essentially, it has to do with the Pine Barrens, I believe, out in uh, New Jersey. Uh, it's a very old urban legend that goes back uh, hundreds of years. It had to do with uh, a woman who had had many kids. I believe they might have all been girls, as the legend goes. And finally, um, she is having a boy, something that she wanted for a very long time, but her pregnancy was horrible. Uh, and by the time that she was in labor, the legend goes that she said, if this child doesn't kill me it should be of the devil or something like that <laughs> uh, i can't remember the exact the exact phrasing something very similar to that uh and that birth that she made that she had was the jersey devil uh kind of a weird looking creature horns hooves that's said to haunt the pine barrens in new jersey to this day uh I didn't think it was that well-known of an urban legend. I suppose it is. And so that's why I'm so excited to see Six Flags Great Adventure, which is located in New Jersey, um, picking up on this theme. That's wild. <laughs> and it's being put in a park. There will be children there. Yes. <laughs> oh, my goodness. It's New Jersey, yep. I guess. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> but it looks great. Totally right. It's going to be this custom layout. It's super intense by the look of it. It's the longest by far RMC single rail coaster that we've had. And we should mention single rail. We mean when we say that a single rail, if you look at the track, it looks like a very large box. It doesn't look like typical roller coaster track where you have a spine and then ribs that connect the spine to the rails. That's typical roller coaster track, and sometimes the spine looks different. Sometimes it's a box spine or a triangle-like spine. And there are, there are many different track configurations that we could get into. But with this single rail, it's a continuous piece of metal. This large box that allows for, at least what they say in the, pro the promotional materials of the single rail design, it allows for tighter turns, wilder maneuvers, and from the look of the designs that we've been seeing, that is true. 
Yeah, and I find it interesting. I, I, I'm going to wonder... Um, wonder Woman? Lasso of Truth? <laughs> I'm, I'm wondering what capacity will look like on this park. I know it's uh, one of their more popular parks. I think for a while, Six Flags Great Adventure also had the moniker of largest amusement park in the world as far as land is concerned. Yes, by acreage, I um, still believe that is the case because they have included their large safari park as an attraction at the regular park. Okay, that that, that seems to track then. Um, you know, want to ride it for sure. It's definitely on a, on a list uh, as this park has been on a list for me for many years. So hopefully the time comes soon. Well, to speak to capacity for Jersey Devil, I think it already has been released that there will be four trains of, I think it's 12 riders in a row. It's inline seating, so it's one person per car. Okay. If it's not 12, it's okay. 10. I know it was more than the eight that we get for the existing RMC Raptor clones. I might be incorrect, but I do think that they increase the length of the trains. There's also going to be four of them and also a block break in the middle of the layout to allow for uh, multiple trains running on the course at once. That, that seems to make sense. I, I thought that maybe, you know, that was my biggest issue with the Raptors to begin with was uh, it doesn't seem like they um, have enough capacity, but the parks that have them seem to make them work. Yeah, it was the same thing with the Skyrocket 2 models from Premier Rides, where it's a launch coaster that can only have one train on the track at a time because it has an impulse launch going forwards and backwards. We saw this style of coaster, Skyrocket 2, being added to relatively large parks, including Busch Gardens Tampa, which is in a huge market just a, an hour or so away from Orlando. But they're making it work, and apparently a coaster with as low a capacity as Tigris, that Skyrocket 2 launch coaster, it can work in bigger parks. And that is surprising, but it's they've made it work. It's interesting. We'll be excited when it opens. I'm looking at the next entrance, or the next uh, entry here, Chris. Tell me more about this. Dino's Wonder Wheel. I know nothing about this park, nothing about this coaster. I see it's on the list. Tell me why it's an S tier. Well, this is something that we only recently learned about. And this is a new family inverted coaster coming to Coney Island in Brooklyn, New York. One of the most legendary amusement parks and seaside piers. They're getting a new roller coaster and it's going to be a family inverted coaster. Manufacturer currently unknown by the look of it, it's probably going to be Vacoma. It could be SNS or it could be somebody else. We have yet to know who is going to be building it, but it's going to Dino's Wonder Wheel Park, which is one of the vendors at Coney Island. Now, DJ, you mentioned you haven't been to Coney Island yet. It's it's very strange how it's put together on Coney Island because people think Coney Island they usually think one entity that is the operator of something like the legendary Cyclone roller coaster there and all of the other attractions along the boardwalk. But that is not the case. Uh, Luna Park, which is probably the biggest operator at Coney Island, they operate the Cyclone, they operate most of the other big attractions on Coney Island, including the Thunderbolt coaster, which opened in 2014, I think as a custom, or at the time custom, 
Zamperla roller coaster design. They huh. are on a pay per ride system, so you can go and get an amount of tickets so that you can ride the cyclone or ride whatever else you're interested in um, during your time at Coney Island. But they don't own and operate everything on the pier. You think the huge Ferris wheel, which is a Ferris wheel that has some cabins or gondolas that are swinging and other gondolas that are fixed along the perimeter, um, that's operated by Dino's Wonder Wheel Park, which is the, I guess, second place smaller operator um, on the Coney Island district there in Brooklyn. They operate the Wonder Wheel, which is almost 100 years old, I think. It's an amazing ride. <laughs> it is very thrilling, much more thrilling than I thought it would be if you get in one of those swinging gondolas, because as the whole wheel itself turns, your car starts moving, and then, whoa, you start swinging. <laughs> and it feels unnatural because you're on a Ferris wheel, and you think, all right, it's just a calm ride, whatever. No, it's not a calm ride, and it's almost a hundred years old. It looks like it, <laughs> so it's a it's a very interesting experience. Uh, there are a few other rides and maybe one or two very small coasters that are part of Dino's Wonder Wheel Park, which is again another pay per ride park on Coney Island. So it's not a controlled perimeter where you can entry into the park and then you ride as much as you want. That's not the case. You got a paper ride. I think they probably have an all-day wristband like Luna Park. Uh, but in the case of Luna Park, it is very expensive. More than $70, I believe, uh, to be able to ride anything at Luna Park as much as you want during a day. But that being said, it's New York City. A lot of stuff is very expensive. So back to Dino's Wonder Wheel Park. They're adding a new family inverted coaster. We have the name of it. It's going to be called Phoenix, and the owner of the park, Dino, is his name, actually. <laughs> He's a descendant of the original owner. Perfect. He said he was naming this coaster Phoenix because it just felt right. Because you think about New York, you think about Coney Island, they didn't get to open it all this year, for all of the reasons, of course, and it's been a tough year financially. There have been a lot of articles about... Uh, the Zamperla family who operates Luna Park, they're having some trouble because, of course, they haven't been able to open and maybe haven't been getting very much help with things in New York and in the greater area. And Dino's Wonder Wheel Park, they're adding Phoenix because they're going to rise from the ashes. They're going to be soaring around, having a great time on this new family inverted coaster, and it's going to be a rebirth a renaissance of sort. Uh, you think about the history of Coney Island, at least the recent history, Hurricane Sandy really threatened the existence of a lot of Coney Island because of the storm surges and everything. Um, yes, some people... Yes. It, it was, this was 2012 where there was a lot of damage, but they overcame it. And Coney Island, when I visited, I think it was 2016... Uh, the people that I visited with that had been to Coney Island in the past, they were amazed at the experience that was offered between the different vendors on the boardwalk. Um, a lot of the locals like to joke, yeah, Hurricane Sandy, it really cleaned up Coney Island. They really washed out all the trash and dirt, and now it's 
now it's a good time. And that was the joke that they would always give when I would mention to them Coney Island. They'd say, yeah, Hurricane Sandy washed it out. Now it's a good time. They really cleaned it up. <laughs> and of course, <laughs> it wasn't just Hurricane Sandy. It was the Zamperla family putting a ton of money into it and other things as well. And now we're seeing Dino's Wonder Wheel Park adding in more investment at a time that they're going to need it in the coming years. It's going to be very difficult to reopen. Of course, they're in the city. They're in Brooklyn. And there's going to be a lot of elements at play that they're going to have to navigate. Them adding this family inverted coaster, it's going to have a huge demand because, again, you're in the city. You can look at all these huge apartment buildings from Coney Island when you're there. There are millions and millions of people within subway distance of this park. You just got to bring them in when it's safe to do so. And this coaster, Phoenix, is a way to do that. Always learning something here on Corkscrew Convos, even when it comes to boardwalk parks. We're always here, your free resource, when it comes to really anything pertaining to the amusement industry. You never know what you're going to learn. Yeah, that's right. Now, DJ, what do we got next? We've got uh, Bush Gardens Williamsburg uh, over in Virginia. This is Pantheon. Now, this is a ride that was supposed to have opened this year. Unfortunately, that didn't happen. Um, but they are claiming that this is the fastest multi-launch coast in Western Hemisphere. Uh, very specific title there. Uh, but this is a custom Intamin ride, 178 foot tall, 73 miles per hour, a 95 degree spike, and over 3,300 feet long. This thing looks wild. Um, it uses this sort of swing, impulse, multi-pass launch we've been talking about to reach its top speed of 73 miles per hour. That's pretty fast, Chris. Yes, in fact, it's going to be the fastest multi-launch coaster in North America. <laughs> <laughs> and that was a record that they did not announce the coaster with, but either something changed on their presumed statistics or they finally were able to get a definitive answer as to whether or not there was a multi-launch coaster in this continent that's faster than that and it turns out there wasn't so pantheon is going to be like you said it's going to be a wild coaster going to have a beyond vertical element uh at least one inversion it's going to be a, a wrap around corkscrew right after the first launch and it has an interesting element, which is the high-speed track switch. Uh, we've seen it a few times, like on Hag Ride, that's Hagrid's Magical Creatures Motorbike Adventure at Islands of Adventure. Uh, there's going to be another park. Oh, forgot to add it to the list, the launch coaster coming to Park Asterix in France. It's going to be a oh, coaster yeah. that's a very similar stature to Pantheon. I don't remember the name of it, so... For the purposes of this episode, let's just put it right next to Pantheon in the rankings <laughs> and move on. Uh, but it's going to be a very fast track switch where they launch on just like a regular launch. They have the corkscrew and then maybe a little bob or whatever. And they go and they go through the track switch that puts them onto the much larger launch segment of Pantheon. They go forward, they lose power, they go backwards now, and they launch faster, and they go up that 90-degree backward spike, very similar to Icebreaker, another SeaWorld coaster opening in 2021. Then they launch again through this same launch segment, and they finally go over the huge 
reverse bank overbank turn. I don't really know what to call it because it does look very strange. Yes. It looks like it's going to be an amazing element. That's what excited me about that ride was when I saw that outer banked turn thing. That that made me really excited. Yeah. I don't know about the name yet. I think it's grown on me a little bit, but I'm still not sold. I might have to wait until I see it on a t-shirt. But it looks like it's going to be an amazing roller coaster and definitely a first for this continent at least. Hopefully we can get there soon. I think I say this about all of these rides, but this is one I was really looking forward to. It did go a bit down on the list, but as you said, it's although it's a great ride, it's out in the middle of a field and it's got a cool name, some cool looking trains. But as far as theme, that's that's about it for this one. Mm-hmm. Well, speaking of a coaster that we might actually get to, how about you bring in the next one? which I have no idea how to get to. <laughs> this is over in Energylandia. This is a park in Poland, a park where uh, the country of Poland has actually put in significant capital into an amusement theme park in order to increase tourism to the country. I don't know about you, Chris, but it makes me want to go to Poland. <laughs> well, yes. For sure. Before Energylandia, I didn't really have a reason to go to Poland, and now I might but I just don't know how to do it. Like, how do you even get to Poland? Do you fly? Do you take a boat? It's definitely one of those uh, parks where you're going to do, hopefully, a European trip of some sort, I would say. Uh, but there, we're looking at two rides here. So both from Vacoma. Vacoma's really stepping up their game from years past. You're seeing many installations of Vacoma rides. You've seen great things talked about Vacoma rides, how smooth they are nowadays, uh, the great layouts, the creativity. But first we have uh, a bit Abyssus is what I would say it would be like an abyss us abyss us harmonious uh, the newest generation har- yeah harmonious this is the newest generation vacoma launch coaster 126 feet tall over 4300 feet long so a very long coaster definitely worth the wait time for sure 61 miles an hour they managed to pack in a loop and a bat wing which is two inversions and a corkscrew and then also at the park we have it seems like they just keep adding and adding a vacoma family shuttle coaster known as light explorer this is a bit smaller 80 feet tall it's for the family 37 miles per hour only 780 feet one 780 feet long includes a booster wheel lift um note this park opened in 2014 but we'll have 17 coasters by the end of next year that is unbelievable in six years and chris i think they're actually putting in a boomerang pretty soon if it's not in already i think they already have a boomerang or maybe it's the i think that's right slc that they added i think it was one of the latest new vacoma standard suspended looping coasters which is a model that we've seen around the world and around a lot of Six Flags parks, but not since the 90s or the early 2000s, they built a new one in Energylandia, because why not? They have everything else. They might as well build a Vicoma SLC as well. It looks like an enormous park. You said it's 17 coasters by the end of 2021. A lot of those coasters are kitty coasters, but they also have a custom RMC coaster that opened in the past called Zadra, mm-hmm. I think it was. They, yes, ha- yep. they have another Vacoma launch coaster. They have nearly everything, it seems like, and it's it looks like an amazing park. Got to figure out how to get to Poland. Got to get there. Got to get there soon. Well, the next thing that we have is from America's Roller Coast, another park in the world that has an incredible collection of roller coasters, but 
Next year, they won't be adding a roller coaster. This is Cedar Point, and they're going to be celebrating their 150th anniversary next year, even though it was this year. And they're going to be doing a lot of things that were delayed from this year to next, including adding a new attraction called Snake River Expedition. This is going to be a boat ride through the canal along Millennium Island uh, towards the back of the park. There's going to be a spieler, or really a storyteller, just narrating the ride of sorts. I have high hopes for what this could be. I'm really interested to see what they do with it, because of course, when you think about spieling attractions, the total number in the world has been going down, not going up. So to get a spieling attraction out there, even at a regional location like Cedar Point, now it's a huge park, but it's in a regional location, it's not in Florida or California or Texas, it's amazing to think about. And I, I really hope that they do it justice, because there, there used to be another spieling boat ride at Cedar Point called Paddle Wheel Excursions, and they have some of that infrastructure left over that they'll be utilizing when they build Snake River Expedition, and... Uh, I'm really looking forward to it. The next time I visit Cedar Point, that's going to be on the top of my list because, it's, I mean, it's not a huge record-breaking coaster, but it's really going to round out the ride experience at Cedar Point. This is going to be something that nearly anyone can ride, something that people can ride to just relax after having gone through the monstrosity that is Steel Vengeance or Maverick or any of those <laughs> crazy coasters at Cedar Point. I'm really happy that they're doing this for the 150th anniversary, but it's not the only thing that they're doing. They're also going to be adding that anniversary parade, which we've only seen a few concept images from, but it looks like it's going to be a very detailed parade, at least for a regional park location. I... I pause to call Cedar Point a regional park because it does have an international draw, but when you think about budget and operations and design, it's a regional park. It's not a Disney park or Universal. That doesn't mean it's bad. It's amazing. People love Cedar Point. I love Cedar Point. But they do things differently because they don't have billions in their budget. They have millions. And that's, I guess, perfectly okay. You think about a Disney parade... This is not going to be that, but it's still going to be a good time. I imagine there's going to be lots of loud music and lights and parade floats themed to different coasters from Cedar Point or Cedar Point's past even, maybe. We will see, and I think it's going to be a good time in 2021 at Cedar Point. And speaking of Cedar Point, this next edition is something I thought Cedar Point would have by now. I'm really surprised that they don't. We're going over to Belgium to Plopsa Land to look at their new ride, Time Travel Lur. There's two L's, Time Travel Lur, at least from what we've seen online. Uh, this is a mock spinning roller coaster. It will have the most inversions of any spinning coaster in the world with five inversions. That includes a JoJo roll, a loop, banana roll, zero-G roll, and will also feature two launches as well. Um, the ride looks absolutely insane. It looks like something that I would have built uh, in Roller Coaster Tycoon or <laughs> Planet Coaster many years ago, or even many days ago, let's be honest. <laughs> <laughs> but that being said, it's it's crazy to see this huge structure looming over the lake at Plopsa Land. They just completed the vertical loop they posted on social media a couple days ago. Uh, looks absolutely insane. And you have to wonder, is this sucker really going to spin? 
I think it's going to be, I assume it's going to be very similar to the spinning experience that we have on Time Traveler, where it is magnetically dampened and it's not a rapid spin. But when you're doing five inversions, two launches, I think there's a top hat element or at least a version of it where you go yes, up, it's like up, a, up. it's a top hat into a left turn that then comes into another top hat. It's very weird. It looks amazing. Part of it's going to be over water. So please ride it with pockets that have zippers. Otherwise, your loose articles will never be recovered. <laughs> I'm not saying that from experience, (laughs) but it looks amazing. We don't know what the final layout looks like other than what they've already constructed. So we do learn more about it whenever they post new pictures. It looks like Time Traveler's Big Brother, and hopefully they use a different name for it, but it looks great. I think the additional L is plenty. (laughs) I think that's hilarious. Yeah, it differentiates it. Oh, wait. (laughs) The next one we have, and now we're at the top three. These are the top three attractions that are really interesting us. They look amazing. They're going to be the biggest, baddest thing in the parks that they're being added to. And the first one of these, in third place for us, is Iron Gwazi coming to Busch Gardens Tampa in 2021. It should have opened in 2020. Things happened, of course. You know that, dear listener. But... This is the latest monstrosity from RMC. It's a conversion utilizing the existing structure from a wooden coaster that opened in 2001, I think. Or was it 2000? It was Gwazi, and it was a dueling GCI wooden coaster. I only ever got to ride the one side that lasted a few years longer than the other side. They're using some of that existing structure. They're building it up taller, so it's going to be 206 feet tall. It will be a hypercoaster now. 76 miles per hour, a 91-degree drop. That's just beyond vertical, and it's going to be 4,075 feet long. So not as long as Steel Vengeance when we get into the nitty-gritty of these incredible RMC hybrid coasters, but we've already seen the POV. It took them more than a year to get it out to us, but they finally shared it, even though they took it months ago. I'm not bitter about that, but it looks amazing. There's going to be a downward barrel roll, similar to on Steel Vengeance, where the pitch of the track is going down, but then you're having a roll inverting you, and a zero-G stall. It looks like it's going to be the most intense ride in Florida the probably maybe one of the best coasters in the southeast region of the United States. It looks great. Yeah, and it's, it's so crazy to hear that it's over 4,000 feet long because you watch that POV and the ride is over so fast. It just it just beckons and calls to how fast this ride is moving. Yeah, 76 miles per hour is in fact. Whew. What do we got next, DJ? Number two. Number two on the S God tier this is kind of the uh, one that maybe folks hadn't expected, but you have to remember how large of a project this is. We're looking at Legoland New York and the Lego Factory Adventure Ride. Now, this is an entire new theme park in Gosha, New York. That's two hours away from actual New York City. Um, but lots of the greatest hits from Legoland's all around the world. You've got boat rides, the interactive builds that they're so great at, spinning rides, uh, Lego Ninjago, the ride Ninjago being a very popular Lego sub-brand. 
uh, mini land, which is pretty cool. That's a huge scale model um, of the actual city. Uh, you've got a splash battle as well, two dragon family coasters, and the Lego Factory Adventure Ride, kind of a standalone uh, addition here, but it's all wrapped together uh, for your 2020 Christmas present. In 2021, I should say, it's a custom trackless dark ride, plenty of interactive elements, and some Lego Fi riders. Uh, understand that you will be turned into a Lego yourself. Yeah, they uh, Legofy and, you, if that's a verb. It's very interesting concept. Uh, I love everything Lego. I've been building Legos since I can remember. Um, really funny that I've never been to a Legoland. Um, this is definitely going to be, you know, just as good as the Legolands we have already, it sounds like. Or even better, because <laughs> it's even being better. built from scratch so they can do whatever they want. You look at Legoland Florida, they reopened a park that had closed for a year or so. Cypress Gardens, I think the name of it was. And mm. so mm -hmm. they have some things in that park that aren't at any other Legoland park because I don't think Legoland would ever build a wooden coaster. I just don't think that matches with what they spend yeah, their money on. But Legoland Florida has one because Cypress Gardens had it. And I'm glad that Legoland Florida has that. It, it adds an element of uniqueness into that particular park. You look at Legoland New York, there's going to be a lot of attractions that we've seen at other parks around the world. A lot of really good attractions like Lego Ninjago the Ride. But the star of it that I'm so interested to see what it's going to look like is the Lego Factory Adventure Ride. You said it, a trackless dark ride. That means options that means flexibility you're not going to follow a set track what will happen as you go along the life cycle of a brick from creation to delivery to the builders it's it's going to be amazing that's why i personally put it at number two on this list and you did not fight me and what a concept the life cycle of a lego brick that's so crazy it's going to be interesting to say the least but dj We've made it. I think this is probably going to be the second longest episode that we've ever had. But we've had a lot of great discussion. We've talked about new coasters, new technology, new designs, a few clones, a new restaurant, new water park stuff. But there's one thing that hmm. we haven't talked about yet. And this is a new sea roller coaster. Many sea worlds. Well, yeah, there's other sea world parks, I guess, that we haven't mentioned yet. But there's <laughs> one coaster that we've seen pictures of it's a very well documented mm. construction experience it's being added to one of the most visited parks in the world dj what is our most highly anticipated new edition for 2021 that's jurassic world Velosa coaster at islands of adventure universal resort in orlando florida this is a completely new intamin custom laid out launch coaster Two launches, a 155-foot-tall top hat, 70 miles per hour, a roll, upside-down roll, over the water, mere feet from touching the water with your hands, a zero-G stall over the water, set in rock work and raptor enclosures from the movies. We don't know, although we've seen some raptor figures installed, what these figures will do, what movements will be involved, and we have an entire dark section of the ride, we believe, that we know nothing about at this point. Yes, because as I've said, the construction has been very well documented by people that both visit the park and fly over it every couple of days. So when they add something new <laughs> on the outside of the ride layout, we can see it, but there's an entire 
first half of the ride that we know very little about that's been weaving in and around the rockwork and raptor figures that they've built up around this track. And we've already seen the trains, we've already talked about them on past episodes. It looks so good, DJ. It looks so good, and they've already been testing it. It, it looks like it could almost open in a month or so, but I, I think they said summer 2021 is when they will finally let people ride it. That can't come soon enough. You know, we might have to give Florida just the 2021 award. So many great things coming to the state. Yeah, we get the uh, Iron Gwazi, got Jurassic World Velocicoaster. Icebreaker. Icebreaker, that's right. Ratatouille. Ratatouille, Harmonious. There's definitely a lot coming for 2021, and I think part of that is because there is some new additions that were held back from 2020. And it just so happened that mm -hmm. Jurassic World Velocicoaster, I don't think it was originally going to be a 2020 attraction. It was set for 2021 since the beginning from the looks of it. And now it's being opened head-to-head -head with Iron Gwazi. The winner here, though, is the rider. You get two new amazing coasters in Florida, maybe an hour and a half, two hours away from each other. It's amazing. <laughs> 2021 is going to be a good year for Florida roller coasters. Yes, and Floridians who have been wanting an RMC for so many years. Well, here you go. We took out Gwazi, but now you get something even better. So, DJ, I think that was a pretty good ranking of the new stuff that's coming for 2021. We had a few surprises in there, maybe putting the Cedar Point editions up so high. Uh, but I think we defended them relatively well. And again, you didn't fight me on them when I put Cedar Point's <laughs> Spieling Boat Ride ahead of Pantheon or anything like that. Um, I am I'm pretty set in what we created. I think it was a good preview of what's coming next year. And I think for this episode, it's time to hit the brakes. But we're not done yet. No, we're not. Be sure to send us questions. Let's have a corkscrew conversation with you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, send your questions over on Twitter at Corkscrew Convos, same as Instagram. And remember, we have an email too. If either of those mediums don't work for you, corkscrewconvos at gmail.com. That's right. Have a corkscrew conversation with us. We would love to just talk about coasters or something if you do feel so inclined. How about if you listen to this episode and you make it to this point? You could either send us a tweet or DM us on Instagram or send us a Gmail email message and tell us what you are most looking forward to in 2021. Was it on this list or was it one of the rides that I omitted from this list because I didn't want to talk about them? Am I wrong? Let me know. <laughs> yeah, definitely let us know. We're, we're not afraid of constructive feedback. We're not afraid of of whatever you have for us. So let us know what you think. We're always open. Uh, remember, we do shout-outs. If you have a question, if you have a, qu a question for us, we'll definitely, if it's good, and they always are good, we'll say it on the air, and we will answer your question to the best of our ability. And that's right. We've said it before. If we don't know the answer, we will lie, but we will sound convincing. <laughs> that's what's important here at Corkscrew Combos. That's right. And if you made it this far into the episode, I think this was a pretty long episode. Mm. 
Congratulations. Yes. You did a great job listening. Almost two hours. <laughs> My goodness. But dear listener, I must say, you did a great job listening to this episode. Good job. And uh, if you want to subscribe, I wouldn't blame you. So go ahead and subscribe. Go ahead. Subscribe right now. While you're at that, if you're subscribing or following, whatever it is where you're listening to us, also consider leaving that five-star review on Apple, or any review for that matter. Uh, we'll read it out give you a shout-out on the show as well. We've read a few reviews so far. Add your, yourself to the review pool. pool. Ugh, DJ's always asking for reviews. Oh, yeah. Please, yeah. Tell, tell us nice things. Please. Uh. Asking for reviews? <laughs> plug in the show. Always plugging. Uh, but I do appreciate right. that about you, DJ. You always have that business mindset. You are strategic, and I appreciate that. Well, and we all appreciate you, Chris. Oh, thank you very much. Well, until next time, my name is Chris. My name is DJ. And this has been another Corkscrew Convo. Thanks for listening. Happy holidays, everyone, and a happy new year. Thank mm-hmm. you.